This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the Top Roast Podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now a new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go we? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah, we should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the broadcast podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Welcome to another episode of Front Row Material. I am Mike Freeland, your host. So excited to be coming to you guys again. And as always, it's interview time. I am so fortunate to get a chance to talk to so many different people from so many different genres of wrestling, and I get to know their story. And I like to bring their story to you. Uh, Tonight's guest is somebody who I find to be very interesting when I was doing my research. Has wrestled for quite some time, has some phenomenal stories, and is genuinely a really good down-to-earth person. I'm going to be talking tonight to Chico Suave. He is in the Chicagoland area, specifically Berwyn. Uh, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before on the show, but my wife is from that area as well. So I know the area and uh, very excited to hear the stories of what kind of inspired him to get into wrestling and where he is right now and, and what he wants to do moving forward. So without any further ado, you don't want to hear me talk. You came here for the guest. Let me go ahead and bring him on in. Chico Suave, how you doing, buddy? Hey, what's up, buddy? How you doing, Papa? How, how are you? How? First of all, first of all, thank you for the invitation. It's an honor to be here. It Absolutely. is awesome. This is honestly my second interview ever, ever podcast uh, appearance. So it is a huge honor to be 
do with you and for everyone that's listening thank you so much for giving me time to hear my story and just get to know me better well and and that's kind of the big reason why we do what we do is because there's so many wrestlers out there and you probably come across so many people that everyone has a different story how they got into wrestling and, and what was their motivation and who their trainers were in, in memories of them. And I know you have some great memories of your trainer as well, which is very powerful to you. We're definitely going to get into that as well. So let's just kind of go ahead and, and start into this wrestling. I mean, it, the number one question we like to ask people is why in the world have you chosen the world of professional wrestling as your career? So, so my introduction or my exposure to professional wrestling is a funny story. Um, it started probably back in 2000, probably the year 2000, maybe 2003-ish. Um, it was around a time, it, my birthday passed, and I was going to the bathroom. And, I, and you know, I wanted to go to the restroom and do my business. And as I, as I was walking by, I saw my dad watching TV. And at the time, I didn't know who it was. I didn't know what, the, what was going on. But I saw this young man beating up old guy on television. I mean, beat, I mean, blood to a pulp, being dragged around. And I saw that and I said to myself, right then, then, I want to beat up old people. That was motivation <laughs> to become a professional wrestler. To be completely honest, that was it. So, wow. um, uh, what is it? I, uh, uh, the next day, I go to my grandma and I said, "Hey, I'm gonna hit you with a chair." She's like, "What?" <laughs> She's like, yeah, yeah, I saw on TV. I'm gonna hit you with a chair because it's okay. Some guy, um, well, I wanna, I wanna take advantage of that. You know, I'm young. I'm probably nine, ten years old at this time. So, like, I just like all I wanna do is. Beat up old people with chairs. That's all I want. And who was it? My parents were like, no, you can't do that. And <laughs> ever since then, I was hooked. And I never found a school. Could never find a school. Couldn't find a school till years later. But that, that is my introduction to professional wrestling. Uh, I believe, and I, I, my, my mind could be fuzzy. It was during the time and Randy was splitting out of evolution. So it was like a young Randy Orton at the time, like almost towards where we were going to the legend killer, Randy Orton. So like around that area when those guys were coming up. So like those guys were my stuff too. Eddie Guerrero, Cena, uh, Edge, you know, the SmackDown 6 and all those guys, like those guys were my heroes. You know, especially Eddie and Rey Mysterio with the Lucha Libre and everything, you know. Well, it's interesting because, you know, some of your fond memories of wrestling, and we often talk about this on the show, is is what motivates you. And there's people that you see that you, you say to yourself, you know what, I, I want to do what they do. And obviously not wanting to hit Grandma with a chair was probably a very, very good idea. Hey, we don't know what you know Grandma what? could do. Uh, grandma hey, could probably I'm open up a can. Granny. You never know. I heard of stunt grannies years ago, so you never know. <laughs> so you're watching wrestling. We're in 2003. Um, you mentioned that it took you some time before you could eventually find a school. So yes. 
when you were starting to look, how did you even start that process? How did you, was there people that you just kind of tried to reach out and talk to? Were there local shows that you would try to go to? Tell me a little bit about how you started to find your way into talking to people that were within the business. Okay, so let's fast forward to like 2008. 2000, yeah, 2007, 2008. I'm recently coming back from South America. And I, I went because I was going on a bad route. I was doing things that, you, you know, most kids shouldn't be doing. And I, I actually asked my mom to send me to military school at the time. So when I came back, she's like, hey, um, there's this store two blocks from the house. And I look, I noticed that they have, um, what do you call it? A um, photos of wrestlers, local wrestlers and like wrestlers around the area. I'm like, okay. She's like, would you be interested? They gave me a number for a school. I was like, of course. <laughs> Why not? Mind you, I don't know what kind of wrestling she's talking about. She could be talking about, you know, the amateur Greco wrestling. She could be talking about Lucha Libre. She could be talking about, you know, WWE style, you know, TV style wrestling. And, you know, I, I just, I just, I was excited. I just wanted to go and start it. I'm probably 12, 13 years old at the time. I mean, I'm just, I'm ready to start. Don't matter what who, I don't care how far, how much I pay, which I was blessed for how much far I paid, which I'm gonna keep it to myself because, you know, humble begins, you know. Absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, and I took advantage. And so I have to actually give thanks to my mom. So she she's the one who looked out for me, even though I was across the world, down, down South, down South America, you know, she looked out for me. And she helped me basically start my journey. So during that time away, I mean, I'm sure wrestling never really quite left your mind. It was probably something that you were always still thinking about. But you were taking care of some business. And when you came back, it sounds like you had a really good, fresh mind and you were ready to go. And yeah. it was it was the great reset. And, and trust me, I've gone through many of those before. And you know what? They're, they're very important because it really helps you kind of get reprioritized with what's important yes so you come back you talk to mom mom says hey look while you're away xyz i think you might want to check this out you're ecstatic at this point so let's go ahead and let's let's pick it up from there so who did you fish officially first meet uh were you a little nervous to introduce yourself how did that whole thing go down uh so the very first person i ever met was carlos robles the owner of Gali Lucha Libre uh, over here in Villa Park. Um, to some people, you know, they see him as a, as a guy out there. To me, he is my Lucha father in a sense of like, he's the guy who basically gave me my start of this is, this is how you start from coming to train, breaking down, setting up, going to shows and this and that. But I'm young, so I'm thinking, oh, I don't got to do all this. You know, I'm just, I'm just here to wrestle, you know. But eventually he's like, this is how you really start. So he kind of smarted me up. So he was the first guy to, to actually like teach me the behind the scenes first and then in the beginning of the years. Uh, eventually I met my trainer, Discovery. The the, the, the madman himself. Uh, I met him. I met other luchadores in Chicago, uh, Atomico, um, Golden Dragon, it's actually the Atomico family, which is Atomico, Atomico Jr., 
dragon, a golden dragon, Tridor. It's, it's a huge family. And then I got in contact with them and I met other luchadors and more and more and more and more and more. Then I realized, oh, there is a circuit. There's actually more than one area. There's more than one style of wrestling, right? And I'm like, I'm just blown away because everything is the opposite way with these guys. So I'm just there to learn. I'm gonna go in there, open-minded, excited, just. <sighs> first five minutes, first five minutes of training. I kid you not. I'm puking all over the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm puking. I'm in tears. My eyes are red. I go to the promoter. I go, Carlos, on my knees. I'm like, hey, sir. I'm sorry, but I puked all over your bathroom. It's all over the wall. It's all over the floor. It's all over the sink. It's all over the tub. I'm, I'm so sorry. He looks at me. He's like, kid, here's the, here's the uh, paper towel. Start cleaning. And since then, I've been a student of the game, just learning from day one. Wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, talk about just, like you said earlier, humble beginnings about, so you probably had no idea. I mean, obviously there, there's going to be some physicality and training and whatnot, but I mean, getting to the point where you're physically getting sick, that's intense, especially early on. Mm -hmm. um, did you find out pretty quickly that, you know what, until I get this down, you know, with my cardio, because I think a lot of people don't think about how important your endurance is. Mm -hmm. um, talk a little bit about that, because without your endurance, you're going to get blown up pretty fast. Oh, yeah. So, like, there's, there's always, there's, I always tell people, hey, there's a difference between being in good condition and having reconditioning. Being in the ring, if being inside the ring, you're, you're, there's multiple things going on. You're, you're running, you're being lifted, you're being dropped, you're being thrown around, and you're also throwing someone else's, someone else's body around. But not only that, but you're also taking care of that person while you have that match. So it's like, you have a lot of responsibilities, you know, you have to be on tip top, you have to be mentally sharp, you have to be like, on your game, at all times, because anything could happen, anything could happen inside a wrestling ring. So, it's always for us to be professionals and be ready for anything. So you start training and you start getting a little bit more confident, a little bit more confident as it, as it comes with time. Back then, your trainers, um, what did they talk a lot about making sure the etiquette? Because we talk to a lot of different wrestlers and that seems to be something big that gets stressed upon. Meaning, you know, if you go to a show and they ask you to do something, you absolutely do it. Whether it's setting up chairs or selling tickets or being at the door or being on ring crew, stuff like that, even if you're on the card. Um, it seems like a person like you would never have any problem with that. Did you ever notice anybody in your early days that kind of put up a stink about it? Or were, for the most part, people pretty willing to do what it takes? Uh, you know what? Everyone did their part. Everyone helped out and everything, you know. Uh, I, like I, said, I, I like to take multiple hats sometimes and learn every position you never know you never know when they might need something you never know when somebody might, might not show up and hey does anyone know how to do this you know what i mean uh from setting up chairs to lighting to putting the ring together to breaking it down to helping out where we're gonna put the cameras you know like whatever i could uh, whatever i could like pop in when i see people like doing stuff i want to be a part of that team you know be available 
you know, so face. So how long did your initial training last? Was it something that was about six months or so, about a year, or was it one of the, was it a shorter time frame? So I had two debuts, two different debuts. Uh, the first debut was probably a couple months into training. So I'm barely learning to roll, barely learning to bump. I don't even have a name. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just, with, with Lucha, remind, remind you, with Lucha, it, there's no psychology with Lucha sometimes. It's just go, right? Like flip here, flip there, do this, do that. It's a lot of agility. It's a lot of acrobat right and I, I was a big boy and stuff so i was like this is this is a lot for me you know and when i did the transition years later to learning the american style that threw me off a lot but it, it was fine it, it was fine um i remember the first time i got chopped the very first time i got chopped it, it, it was the funniest weirdest feeling because i'm having my first match my first debut i'm under a mask right i'm automago jr Mind you, in Gali, there's been maybe like 10 Atomigo Jr. So this guy has kids all over the world. I'm, I'm just <laughs> assuming. And I'm under a mask. I feel uncomfortable and everything because this is not who I am. And two minutes in, lock up, you know, rest lock, boom, 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 flips me over, picks me up, big chop. From here to here, I'm cut open from one chop. Baby skin, baby. I'm baby skin. I'm just psh, blood. I go backstage. I'm, <gasps> <gasps> I go to the crowd. It's intermission time. I go in the crowd and I show my mom. She's like, oh, oh I'm going to kill him. <laughs> Which one is it? Which one mask is it? I don't care. <laughs> uh, and, you know, my, my, my folks are uh, religious people. So they're they're going to the different environments. So they're hearing things. They're hearing the song get called things. So I'm nervous backstage. Like, oh, my God, my parents are going to like, this is not for you. This is not for you. Mind you, like, you're the one who finds school for me. So this is true. <laughs> so this is what this is what it is. My dad, uh, my oldest, my dad is a okay with this. My dad is is a huge wrestling fan. My dad is from Puerto Rico. He watches from like WWC. Like he's watching Cologne and stuff. Carlos Cologne. I was just about to mention that. Yes, World so, Wrestling Council, legendary. So, so you know, for him to come to some show now, for him to come to some shows, he's having a ball. He's saying, hit him harder. Come on. He, he didn't do the laundry. He didn't do his laundry. He didn't do the, <laughs> he didn't do the lawn and everything. Do it. It's fine. So, so for me, it was like, wow. Wow. And the thing is, for me being their son, I'm not their favorite wrestler. I'm not whoa, 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 wrestler. whoa. Not, 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 even, not even number one? No, not even number one. I'm like number 10 on, on my dad's list. On my grandma's list, I'm like number 20. Oh my, tough crowd right there. Hey, hey, you know, that's what happens when you try to hit them with a chair. <laughs> that's true. She never forgot. She never, she never forgot, forgot about, about that. It. She said, you Still know what? Day, that's not forgotten about it. Minus the chair, you might have broken the top 10, but right now, you still got to pay your dues. Yeah, with me, you still got to pay your dues. She's like, I, I, I got to see you doing impact. I got to see you doing changes in people's lives or putting people's uh, smile on people's faces. So, so let, let's talk about that for a second. You had mentioned before that the American style wrestling, which honestly is, is a lot of show business, mm. but, but then obviously with Lucha Libre style wrestling, it is a lot more involved. Yes. It is a lot more athleticism. Yes. It is very entertaining, yes. but I can see where there's just so many more elements that have to be involved. And, and not only that, but there's a rich heritage behind that as well. I mean, right. you know, generation after generation, and you know the the lineage of wearing the mask and it getting passed down like you don't find that with your average 
wrestler on Impact or AEW or whatnot. This is something that you only typically find in, in like AAA. Um, oh, wow. I actually never thought about that. That's actually, that's actually pretty interesting. I never thought about it like that. And it just makes you think like it means more because there's that long line. You know what mm. I mean? It, it goes from grandpa to father to son to yes. uncle to nephew. And you see that with the Guerreros. And the Guerreros have a long lineage. And you see that with Rey Mysterio and then obviously bring Dominic into Without the equation. It. And I look at all this and you look at La Parca and L.A. Park and there's so many different variations of that who recently were in MLW. So when it comes to that style, do you prefer that more or do you prefer American style when it comes to what you feel fits you the best? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I'm, I'm hybrid. I, I try to adapt both styles and everything it's been a minute since on lucha so I, that's something i might have to like brush up on stuff but like i i try to take advantage of who it who with whoever style i could learn from you know what i mean because i've met people I, I like for example like ricky marvin ricky marvin is a wrestler from mexico and everything went to japan lived out there dominated right he got accustomed to that strong style right but then you bring him back to the states he brings that strong style and he can bring that lucha right and then you bring him to the u.s style so now you can do that american lucha and strong right so to be able to apply anything uh, that style or any style is my thing is teach me i'm gonna apply it and i'm gonna do it so if you ask me which which style i, I prefer i'm a comic i'm a comedian the style that makes people laugh is the style that i'm gonna stick with right kind of like a uh Camp Leapfrog, or which was also Shakara as well, and where it was really, you know, people like not Lucha Libre wrestler, but like an Orange Cassidy as well, or mm -hmm. like a Colt Cabana, you know, people who, and that's the beauty of wrestling because right. you need all different versions of wrestling yeah. because you want to appeal to different sectors of the audience. Not everybody wants to see the 60-man Iron Man match or the hardcore match. They want to see other things. They want to be entertained. Absolutely, have a good time. I agree completely. So you're in you're in Berwyn, yes, um, and the Eagles is a uh, literally is five a, minutes from my house. Oh my gosh, it, it's such a legendary place. So for everybody who's not familiar, Chicago wrestling is the, is the pinnacle right there. I mean, there's there's many many different cities, but Chicago really is, in my opinion, the hub of where wrestling happens. Um, so many different wrestling schools, so many different wrestling promotions. You know, a big one up there, uh, our good friends at AAW with Trent Saberi and Danny Daniels, yes. they run a great promotion. Um, another one that's up there near the Chicago area's Warrior Wrestling as well. Yes. They do an amazing job. So when it came to, to the Eagles, when you first started working at the Eagles, what was your first environment like? Like, what was your take on that? Uh, well, it's bigger than what it looks in the outside. A bigger venue than what you see because you look outside it looks like a small building you go inside there's two rings now now the eagles club now there's two rings oh wow they have a six-sided ring upstairs nice small one, right and then they have their show ring which is downstairs on their main show uh room and everything so um when i was there the very first time it was good seeing a lot of people a lot of my like school teachers a lot of like security guards they're like oh yeah we come here sometimes for the wrestling like the owner of the building is one of our friends and he invites us over so 
all right, cool. I, I, I know you. You're in my school. You protect me, you know. Oh, oh, you brought that student. Oh, that student see me. He's a high school. He's a senior in high school. He's no, he knows me now. And then this person knows me. And they come to me, hey, aren't you a wrestler? N student. Learning at the time. Oh, okay. Like, does it hurt? I'm like, oh, I have my sore days, you know. <laughs> so, but, you know, eventually everyone in high school and everything recognized it. Okay, like, we still get the Eagles Club and keep up the good work and this and that. So, it's inspiring knowing that many people have gone, come and gone through that building. You know what I mean? Um, from people from AEW, people from Berwyn Championship Wrestling now. Um, a lot of Lucha Libras come through there. So a lot of names, a lot of faces, you know. It's also got to feel good that, you know, you're, you're in a venue that you feel familiar with. You're not 600 miles away. You're in a place that is your is your comfort zone. It's your it's your home right there. Yeah. And I think it doesn't necessarily take all the nerves away because it, that's definitely there. But at least you feel a little bit more comfortable. And and not only that, you know, people are seeing you do what you love, and now people are getting to know a different side of you. And, and people I'm also are getting, getting honest criticism. Also, if you really think about it, if you really think about it, like somebody that knows me that feels comfortable to approach me. Hey man, I saw you last week wrestle. Like you did great. I saw you messed up right here, but besides that, like you guys had a great match. Okay, so I know you're paying attention. Thank you for helping me. Yeah, no, that that makes total sense. I mean, you know they're engaged in the match, and you brought them in, and they got invested, and that is so huge. When they can name spots and moments in a match, you feel like you really made a connection with them, and mm -hmm. I agree with you. That's huge. That's a big, big deal. So you're wrestling, you're training, and let's talk about gear for a second. I've heard so many different things about gear, and oh my gosh, we've talked to Masa Slamovich, and we've talked to so many people from the Chicago area, and you know, I remember a couple different people were talking. Missa Kate told us, she said, you know what? Sometimes you just go to Michael's and, and you, you get stuff, or you go to a craft store, or you go to a a costume, a Halloween store, and you just start to get stuff together because that first incarnation of you, you know it's not going to be the be-all, end-all, but you need a starting spot. You know, you need a, a jumping-off point. Mm. What was it like getting your your first attire you were wearing? Was it something that someone said, hey, by the way, you need to talk to such and such, or hey, you need to order from this person, or were you kind of like, you know what, <laughs> I'm swimming on my own on this one? Yeah, basically, I am swimming on my own this one. Um, I, my grandma actually offered the same lady I tried to hit with a chair with, the same lady offered me to make my my first pair of gear, right? Wow. But she only made a top. She made like a shirt for me. She's like, well, you can wear that. You know, it's late. It's spandex, so you could stretch and everything. I was a big boy at the time, still am. Uh, and I'm like, all right, cool. And then it it came to the pants. She's like. Well, I don't know how to make wrestling pants, and we don't have nothing to like base out of. So I'm like, huh. <clears throat> on my first match, I actually um, <clears throat> I'm get some water. Uh, my first match, the guy who let me borrow his mask, he let me borrow his uh, his gear and everything, and he let me hold it for like a month. He let me hold it for a month, and to find out who I could find out to make some gear and 
you know, find what I want. Gear is gear is a tough thing because, you know, you you want to look the part. You definitely yeah. want to look the part, but you also want to make sure that you're comfortable in it because you've been training so hard. You want to show what you could do, but yet you you got to be able to move around a little bit, yeah. and you you want to stand out from other people. And it is it's a big thing, but also I mean, let's be honest, it's a cost factor. I mean, yes. there is everything is a cost factor. So continue. Uh, hmm. <laughs> I wasn't dieting. I was a big boy. Um, it's just pants, regular pants, regular pants, um, Spanish shirt, blue mask. I went out as a Tommy Good Jr. And I knew right there and then the mask is not for me. I got to show the space. I was going to get to that, but I'm glad you jumped into that part right there. So let's let's talk about that. You got, you ooze confidence, which is huge. And you got larger than life personality. And I was going to ask you, was that something that was, you know, kind of encouraged for the mask or was it something that was left up to you? Or did you say, you know what, I get it, but this doesn't fit me. It was up to me. Yeah, it was up to me. Um, I did the mask. For a I, I probably did it like once. See what happens. What, what happened uh, is, so I did the first match. It wasn't as good. It wasn't as confident. Um, didn't feel comfortable on the mask, and I didn't feel comfortable wrestling again. And so they moved me into the referee role, right? And I actually love that because one, I got used to being around a crowd from ten people to a thousand people, from sure. indoor indoor venue to like festivals. Wow! Right. So first things first is knocking up all the nervousness and just getting comfortable right so then i did the whole referee for about a year or so and i didn't debut again until like five years later holy cow right and at that time i finally like we found we i found i got comfortable with the locker room with the promoter with everybody right and me being me, being goofy sometimes, sometimes cocky, you know, we, we were like, all right, who are you? What can we do for you to, to finally re-debut without the mask and everything? So it's like late 2009, and I did my first heel turn and everything, and I'm like, all right, cool, I'm a heel, I'm a bad guy. So I can be as goofy as I want, I can be as loud as I want, I can do whatever it takes just to take the nerves out. Right, see what works, see what doesn't work, and just have fun and stuff. And but the first thing I said was no mask. I'm sorry, but I'm like I, I can't, I can't, I can't. It's, one, it's gonna cost more to, to get the mask done with a whole set and everything. And two, everyone here has a mask. Let me be different. I like that. You know, I get it. It's lucha libre, but in lucha, sometimes you gotta have the guy with the hair. The guy with the hair. But guess what? The guy who has the hair is gonna be the one who saying, going around saying, "I have better than you, better hair than you." And that day that that person crosses the line, hey, you're in a hair versus mask match, and that guy's gonna beat the living hell out of you. You're gonna lose. You're gonna go bald. And the first time I went bald, man, oh, I was young. I was excited. I was young and I was excited. Yep. Let me throw this out at you. Do you feel like, in a lot of ways, taking the route 
as a referee, you know, before you re-debuted was probably one of the best things because like you said before, you became a lot more familiar with not only just the crowd itself, but the ring and the way you would carry yourself and just the fluidity of how a match would go. And I, I'm sure that while you were refing, you were probably also getting some practice in as well. Hey, let me try moving around like this. And you were probably testing some stuff out. So d- did you ever find out that they did that with anyone else at any point in time? Or was that something that was just specific to working with you? So when it came to, you know, going ahead and, do- and doing refereeing, which I feel like worked really well for you. And I think you felt like it was, time well spent before they you know re-debuted you do you feel like that they've done that with anyone else or was that just something very unique that they just happened to do with you yes uh yeah like, okay okay I remember that. uh yeah no like i said it was just a role that that needed to be filled and i fill it and since then i i don't look back i think about it i tell people hey if you ever don't feel like you don't know what you're doing in here, pick up a job of a ref. See what they do, and then see what the rest are doing while you're doing your job. And that's how you learn, you know? Because I can sit here and watch for hours and not understand what's going on, right? And I'm and I'm training, right? But if I'm in there, oh, I gotta move around here because this guy's in charge of me and he's saying something. He's telling me to tell this guy something. Hey, do 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 right? Oh, okay, boom. Oh, that's how he does that. Okay, so now in here and practice. Hey, do 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 do, boom, and whatever we decide to do happens. So that's how I kind of picked up on some stuff. That makes sense. That makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense. Um, so how did you when you were being trained? Did they ever t- talk to you about? how to put a match together or was that something that was just kind of organic after you learned organic it, it, it's just match after match after match different opponents different people different critiques just getting the reps in yes just just hop in there you have five minutes five ten minutes sometimes it's two or three falls so it's like go there and just do it and then eventually while you're seeing what's going on like for me like think about this i'm a young kid and i'm a bad guy but i'm in the corner watching the bad guys do half the work right and they'll involve me whenever they say okay we have use for him right so it went from three from six man tag to two man tag so then now i have to work with my partner and then whatever i saw him doing the last time i'm gonna do it with this guy and eventually hey can we just do this differently can we just do, do this that differently can we do different holds and this and that this and that so that's how i like i see it for me so you just kind of started you know as time went by you would just add something else to the repertoire just add something take something out and just listen just listen so as you're wrestling outside of your trainers and, and i want to talk about that in a second here but was there anybody who kind of took you under their wing and kind of saw you and, and said another wrestler who might have been doing this a little bit longer and said, I, I like what you're doing. You might want to think about X, Y, and Z. Did anybody ever come up to you and, and say something like that or give you some encouragement earlier on in your career and it, it really stuck with you? Uh, 
the the only person from day one, the only person to say, "Hey, I see something in you," was my trainer. Uh, and he was probably the only person because everybody else is trying to achieve their own their own status and everything. Some of them are already there; they're just trying to keep it. So, discovery for me was like the first person to be like, "Hey, like you have potential. You have something in you that." That most people don't have, which is natural charisma, you know. And and eventually, I met other people that said the same thing. And those people I look up to, I respect, because they've been with me since day one, you know. Um, but discovery was the first person to say, like, if you stick with me, I will send you to Mexico, and I promise you, you will be in, with the big leagues, with AAA, with Consejo Mundial, like. I know people out there, and if you keep if you keep up with your work and everything here, like there's a there's so much op- open opportunity in Mexico for you. Wow! So that's what motivated me into pursuing this dream of being a professional wrestler is the opportunity to go to Mexico, learn, and then make it big. What was your relationship like outside of wrestling with Discovery? I mean, it seems like Discovery had a, a really big impact on you not only in wrestling but just as a person as well and just kind of help cultivate you especially early on in your days in wrestling uh what can i say about mr antonio corona uh discovery um the man had a lot of patience a lot of patience especially with someone who was spanish wasn't that good i expect spanglish you know but he, he, outside of wrestling, the man loved music. The man loved life. He, he, he was a cobbler, so he would fix shoes. He would tell me about his relationship with his family. Um, during this time, you know, he was, he was seeing a lady and he actually had a chance to bring her to the U.S. and everything. And, you know, um, and I've never seen him so happy in my life. He was the happiest because think about half of his family is in Mexico, so he doesn't have that much over here, right? His brothers and sisters, but they all live far away, right? And when this lady came by to to, do, to Chicago, he saw her. He was so happy to see her. He was always talking about her, right? Months later, we found out that she got pregnant, and then he was like, oh, "I have babies. I have babies." Oh. So right there and then, <laughs> right? He had twins twins a boy and a girl wow they look just like him to this day like i see i see i see the sun and i see the curl in his face and the face he makes i just i see disco and i and i just like i i it breaks me sometimes because like, i really do miss him you know what i mean you know uh he 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 loved his family he loved his students he loved the, the business the professional wrestling business didn't matter if it was a good day or a bad day whether it was in front of, like I said, a thousand people or like five people, he was going to give you his all. And I can only do nothing but respect that. Because at 57 years old, he was, well, 53 at the time, he was like doing moonsaults, moving around like a cruiserweight. Wow. Like, you see, like, how many names? Maybe like Ricky Morton? Moving around doing like Canadian stories and stuff? That might be the only one. That might one, be the only one of that age, two, yes. At that age, just moving around like they still got it from like years ago, you know. So um, 
he 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 made he was a major role. You know, my family loved them. He was family to us. Uh, sadly, his family, you know, they had to go back to Mexico, and he 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 got depressed. He got sad, you know, and there was a lot of falling out, and it, you know, we all became distant. You know, he 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 went on a, a, a dark route, you know, and wasn't the man we knew years ago and it, it, it was sad it was sad and you know once in a while he'll message me like hey how are you doing like you just come over to this other the rival company just come by just say hi right and i'll come by and i'll see him and he's not in, in like in a well conditioned after a couple of drinks and stuff he he was a different person you know, still lovable, but like slurring his words and not as like as quick with it as he was before, you know. And, you know, he bought a car for me. Stuff happened. Uh, he ended up going away for a while. And uh, that's when they, they they found the cancer. I forgot which type it was, but it, it, it was already like too late. Yeah. And uh, you know, this is the, the the COVID COVID and everything was just about to start, and we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know if we were going to see him. We didn't know if we were going to be able to communicate with him. Um, luckily, I don't know how it happened, but they they managed to get him out or something, and he came to the show. We did it. We did our final goodbyes. We, 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 we tore it up. I, I wrestled twice that night. I'm like, anything for him. Anything for him. Anything. I, I, I tell people, this guy could come here at 3 in the morning for a ride. I will be there for him. Like, we had that father-son friendship. Because I took him to practice, and I brought him back to practice. So we're, we're going, I'm picking, hey, he's being dropped off at, uh, at the venue. I'm picking him up. We're coming back two, 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning. And I'm dropping him off for me to go to work at 5. You know? So and we're, he'll he'll be asleep, and I'm the one driving. Sometimes he'll just wake up and be like, "Man, I used to love to play the guitar." And be like, you know, and I used to play the cornet. He's like, imagine us making this beautiful music outside this wrestling business. The music you and I can make. And I was like, I like that, I like that. You know, and then like memories like that. Like he was tough on us, very tough very hard on us but he did it because he wanted to see who really loved the business who really wanted this you know um two on may 15th two years ago so we just passed the date um you know he passed away and what i did for his memory was Hey, at the place I'm training, like, is it fine if I warm the kids up? Just let me warm up the way I, the way he used to do with us, right? And like, yeah, sure, whatever. And some of the kids hated me. This 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 makes no sense. This hurts, and it's like, please, just 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 do it. Just do it. <laughs> it, it, it. It puts a smile on my face. It it always does, you know. And and the funny thing is, we're also vlogging some of the reactions. Um, and one in one with one of the trainers were train where he's vlogging. Uh, I'll plug this stuff later on. Um, 
and you hear them and you see it everything i'm like i'm on them i'm like this is not how we do it we're doing like this right and i tell him like in my time if we're messing up he'll come up to us and smack us in the face just shoot right there 100 smack us he's like pay attention please you're wasting my time right so he's very very strict he really cares about us he really makes he really wants to make sure that what he's doing is right and that his kids are doing it the right way it's so. something that i i feel that has gotten lost sometimes in wrestling today i feel like there's a, there, there's so many different schools that open up now and i feel like you, you don't get that old school mentality of training people and slowing down and knowing how to do things the right way instead of just churning people out and it seems like you got that old school mentality where that's the way you were trained it was mm-hmm. hey you know what we're, we're, we're gonna sit here all night if we have to but we're gonna get this right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's how it is it's like especially you know when you when for me it's like when i put a match together i want to make i want everything to be perfect now if, if it's not perfect at least presentable you know so I'm always on top of that, you know, with these kids, it's footwork, hand placement, you know, where you should be facing, when the camera's there. And I'm also learning from their trainers too, because there's some stuff that I don't know they're teaching me, you know. Um, with disco, it was always go 100 fast, go fast, 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 fast. With today's trainer is slow down because these kids, they're not as fast as you are. Like it's a different time, so you need to like, learn how to how to work around the barriers with them so let me ask you this from when you first broke in is the love for the wrestling business as much is it higher what would you say it is right now for you um well let's see uh and the reason the reason i mentioned that is because you've seen so much now you've Mm -hmm. seen so much you lived so much and you've been around some people who have really been real with you. So I, I just, I'm always curious, you know, after someone's been in the business for a while and been around the industry, does it ever get to the point where you get frustrated or jaded or anything like that? Or do you try to say, you know what, every day's a good one. We just, if today wasn't so great, we're just going to move on. Or does sometimes that frustration build up? Uh, me now. I have a I have a better like understanding. I have a better like okay, this is why things happen and stuff. Back then I was very like, why am I not getting this? Why am I not getting that? I was very better, you know, like I do this, like I put this ring together, I did this, I was your first. You know, and and, and everyone's like, Hey dude, like just, just stay quiet, like just listen. Nah, no, 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 for me is no, 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 no. Like, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. Like, I'm going to take care of myself. Instead of letting the help come to me. Yeah. And then learn from that. You know what I mean? Um, it's just, t- times are different. Times are different nowadays. Uh, we just got to learn how to adapt. That's all I got to say, to be honest. Who are some people that you've worked with that you just felt like you really clicked with, that you just had really good chemistry with there's there's some people we've talked to and they said i love working with such and such um it's it's so easy it's fluid we have such a good time out there together and then obviously you hear on the flip side oh my gosh i'm working with such and such just pack your lunch this is going to be a long one 
Is there anyone for you that you just really look forward to when you know, hey, there's an event coming up or I'm going to be working with this person that you're like, oh, this is exactly what I was looking for? Hmm. <laughs> uh, the very first time of where, damn, that's a good question. Because everyone, I'm always excited. To, I'm always excited to wrestle anyone. To be honest, like there's not. I can't be like, hey, like I can't wait to work just you. Or hey, I can't. I, I want to work everyone. So, it's um, a hard well, question. Is there anyone you feel like you have really good chemistry with? Chemistry with, uh, probably the the guy who took me under his wing. The second guy who took me under his wing, uh, Tomiko Junior. Uh, Tomiko Senior. Me and him for what we came up you know from the beginning yeah i think me and me and Tomiko senior you know we have great chemistry we have great timing it's great comedic timing it's it's fun with us everyone's guaranteed to have a good time is there any joking that goes around long in the ring sometimes with you just because you do like to have so much fun you ever whisper certain goofy things just to try to break some people and it just to uh, see if they'll laugh or so with me, I like I said, I like to get everyone involved. And for example, for for example, um, I wrestled with a, a gentleman named by Chris Logan at Berwyn at the Eagles Club, and we did something where he shot he shot me off, and I just tackled him, and he didn't go down. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, buddy, fall! <laughs> and everyone, and and, and like, I'll send the footage later. I'll send the link. Um, and people were like, "Ooh!" and they were laughing. And I and I and I, I stopped right there, and I was like, "Oh, I got them." I'm like, "Hey, hey, hey! Don't laugh! Don't, don't, don't you laugh? There's a camera right there. There's a camera right there. Follow the fucking script. Do my job and fall for me, buddy. I saw this on TV, and everyone's laughing, having a great time, right? That's awesome. So like." that that is who i am i am a guy who likes to get everyone involved and it seems like it, it really kind of it, it breaks the tension at times when you have somebody who's got a good personality who's funny it takes the jitters away and it mm -hmm. really just kind of it kind of takes your mind out of sometimes people get too caught up in their mind oh i need mm -hmm. to do this or i need to do that spot but when you when you get broken out of that that mindset and now all of a sudden you're laughing about something it just seems like things start to flow, like you had mentioned earlier, much more organically. You're just you're feeling it instead of saying, "This is spot one. This is spot two. You're letting it come to you. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm reading the room. I'm reading yes. the room. I'm listening to the reactions and everything. You know what I mean? If I'm not gonna I'm not gonna continue doing something if it's not getting a reaction. I'll try again, maybe like down the line. But if it's like okay, it's not working, then on to the next. What would you say so far uh, in your career has been the match that you felt like everything lined up perfectly, uh, if th there is such a thing, that you felt, man, this really just, this was the night I was hitting on all cylinders, everything I did, I was really happy with the reaction, you know, we, we hit our time, we did all this stuff, and man, I tell you what, that, if, if every night could be like that, I'm going to be in heaven. Hmm. There is a couple, couple, couple. Um, probably 
the most memorable one for me was winning the White Castle Championship. And it was, it was one, it was the first championship I was ever going to win. Gimmick one for champ, but it's a fun one. White Castle. Who, who else have you heard say, I'm the White Castle champion? <laughs> no one. So are we, and hold on, hold on, are we talking, let, let me just clarify. When we talk about the White Castle champ, are we talking about the restaurant? We're talking about the restaurant. Okay, okay, all right, mm -hmm. I'm with you. And there is, there is a championship belt with the logo <laughs> on it. And there also happens to be White Castle Hall of Fame. I don't know if you know about that, but there is a White Castle Hall of Fame. It, it, not with the wrestling aspect, just the food itself, like eating the just food. The food just, just with their, just with their uh, people, just oh with their God. bias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my! I had no, not a clue, not a clue. So, how did you to take me through this story? You, when do you find out you're going to be doing the White Castle match for the belt? Uh, when the so the White Castle shows we did was during the baseball season for the minor leagues, right? Or the, yeah, I guess you consider minor leagues. And, you know, they're like, yeah, it's the White Castle, you know, this their thing and whatnot. All right, cool, you know? <laughs> and they're like, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna drop the belt on you and just to see how it goes, right? I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. And first we're like, well, we're gonna do a, a crepe case on a, on a pole match. And I'm like, who's booking this? Vince Russo or something? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> what you know? in the hell? Um, it's it, it is a crazy case on, like, on a pole match. So there, boom, boom, boom. I'm wrestling one. I'm wrestling two of my trainers. One guy I I, I, I looked up to. It was a lot of people, and I won the match. The crowd went crazy, absolutely nuts. Like I've never like as if I was in mania. Like, I just beat Brock. Like, it was that reaction, like, ah, so there I am for the White Castle belt and my dad's in the crowd this time. Oh, nice. Right? And, and, uh, there we are, you know, doing our thing, boom, 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 one, two, three, ladies and gentlemen, you're the new White Castle champion, Chico Suave. And I'm, I'm doing the whole Kurt Angle gimmick as if I had the flag just tears and everything just like oh, i won this i won this right <laughs> everyone everyone's going crazy and i'm looking for one person my father and i see him all the way in the back just he has uh he has bell's palsy so like one side is like droopy so he's like <laughs> he was proud he, he was proud he, he's like he's like man I, I like i never thought i'd see something like that i'm like it just you just have to be patient, old man. Because my my folks care about me a lot. They, they they love me. They they know what I've been through in this business. You know, he tells me sometimes like, hey, have you ever thought about like stopping? And I'm like, no, no. And I, it took to like him seeing that, and then him also going on this Tennessee with to uh, this trip to Tennessee with me to see why I keep doing this. Right. He sees the smiles. He sees the interaction that I have with these people, right? So, like for him, he understands. My mom understands. Like, and this is why I do it. Like for the interaction, for the stories I can create. You know, be able to do something like this. Like just go to your platform. Whether I'm making sense or not making sense, whether my mind because my mind is going 100 miles, I'm going everywhere. 
Like, if I gave, if I'm able to tell the story that honestly that did happen and have people to, to verify it, then I know that I'm doing something right. Well said. I agree. That's with how you. I see it. You, you have seen a lot. You've been through a lot so far in your life. I mean, not only in wrestling, but I mean, just life in general. Um, what would you be doing if you weren't in wrestling? I mean, I, I know that's kind of an odd question to ask because, I mean, a lot of young people could go and do a lot mm -hmm. of different careers. What would you do if you weren't in wrestling? So, I must be 100% honest, I, am, I, I felt like I was born to be an entertainer since day one. Since day one, uh, my my mom. I've been involved in gymnastics. I've been involved in acting. Uh, I love Broadway's. I like to like sing once in a while. Like if I'm on the road, like I like to sing. You know, I also like to mix the words up and make my own lyrics with a yes. song and stuff like that. So I, I, for me, I am a creative person. So I, I like wherever I can just like put my fingerprints in. I'm gonna, do, I'm gonna try to attempt it. So if I wasn't a wrestling, I'd probably be an actor. If not, a singer. If not, you know, probably a stripper. You know, <laughs> I, I, I hear they make great money, brother. I hear they make great hey, money. Pays the bills, baby. Pays <laughs> the pays bills. The bills. <laughs> you could so, walk out there with your G, your G string on and the White Castle Championship belt. And you could put a little oil on your chest and, yes. and just, oh my gosh. I can look I'm at telling you. Like, I'll be like, I'll call myself Chico Slider. Oh. There you go. Done. That, my friend, Done. would be, that would put butts in seats, as Jim Ross would say. Hey. But you see what I mean? Like, you see how I'm making you laugh and I'm having a good time with you? We're having a, we're having a chat. Like, yes. I don't know you. You don't know me, but we're having, we're here having a good time. You know what I mean? And that's what I that's what I strive to do is if I could go from Chicago to another state or from to another country and I can make an entire room laugh, I'm doing my job right. I like it. I like the fact that that's what your your goal is is to brighten up other people's lives by put a smile on their face. But once again, it it, it also comes back. You know what I mean? I feel like everything comes full circle. You make other people happy because internally it makes you happy to bring that joy out of you and share it with them. And once again, when when they win, you win. Everybody wins. Everyone goes home happy. Um, and that's really what being a wrestler is. You, you're telling a story. Mm -hmm. You're taking people on this emotional roller coaster. And at the end of the day, they get to experience all different kinds of the wave. And, and then when you walk through that curtain that final time, you know, guess what? I gave them something to think about so they're not worrying about the rent that's due or the mm. cable bill or any of that mm. other kind of stuff. So I, I give you a ton of credit. Um, Thank you, sir. Thank you. I, I do want to get into this really quickly. Give me a, a road story. Did anything ever crazy happen on the road? Uh, any ribbing, anything like that? Uh, late night car ride, someone falls asleep. We've heard a thousand different ones, but I would love to get your take what is a good experience that you thought, what in the hell is going on? <laughs> okay. Uh, the, this is 2013. Uh, I am going to Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's me, my buddy, Golden Dragon, and uh, 
a wrestler from Mexico by who goes by Moscow X Fly, okay. who wrestled in ECW years ago. Um, and we were driving to Minnesota, and it's easy, easy, easy drive, you know, six hours. And we're about to get inside Minnesota, and we look on the road and we see a dead bear. What? what? <laughs> a dead bear? We, we, we see a dead bear. And we're like, we, I'm like, wait, there's a bear right there. Dragon takes his headphones on, looks at me, he's like, what? He's like, yeah, there's a dragon bear. There's a, there's, a, there's a bear right there. He's like, no way. <laughs> Mosco woke up. He's in the back. He's a big boy. He sticks his entire body out the window. There's trucks and everything driving by us. <laughs> Where is it? What is it? So we stopped and we drive back. <gasps> we drive back. And we, we see the thing. It's on the floor. <laughs> I love the reenactment. <laughs> Dad, just ha. He, 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 you know what? He got too much sun. That's what that's what it happened. Probably he got too much sun. Got dehydrated <laughs> and just stuck right there. But we're looking at it, and it's like we're we're in my dad's suburban. So we got a we got a truck, and we're like we should take it. And I'm like, where are we gonna put this bear? <laughs> I'm like, we're not gonna put a bear in my truck. There's a lot of blood. Like, no, absolutely not. Let's and most. Take it. Take it. Let's just take it. It's no one's going to say anything. It's hunting season, baby. It's hunting season. <laughs> no, we're not taking no bear. It's like, you sure? Like, I hear bear meat's pretty good. I'm like, no. No. Um, you know, stuff like that. It's just on the way. Uh, I remember one time, same thing, going to Minnesota, driving with three wrestlers, coming back with eight. I'm the only one driving. No one else drives. And I'm like... <sighs> No one else wants to take a shift. No one wants to take a shift because some of them have to work in like four hours. I'm like, I'm the one driver. I'm like, uh, I'm I'm the I'm the young kid. So, and I I pulled out. I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I can't take it anymore. You guys drive. (laughs) Go in the back, and I we drove maybe like ten ten fifteen minutes. Hey, buddy, searching to drive again. I'm home. God damn it. Uh, I three other wrestlers at their houses, and I'm like, I, I'm tired. It's five in the morning. I'm That's coming not home. Fair. It's not fair, but it's it, it, the next day. They're like, Hey, how do you feel? I'm like, I hate you guys. I hate <laughs> you guys so much. So no, it, that is it's, awesome. It's a fun time. It's a fun time with me. Well, I tell you what. It's part of the interview where we say plug o mania. What do you got to plug? I know you got a pro wrestling tee. So let's go ahead and let's get some of the plugging out there. Upcoming dates, all this kind of stuff. Where can promoters reach out to you? Because uh, I'm sure they're going to hear this and I'm going to reach out to some people as well. So oh, I'm going to turn the floor to you. Say whatever you want. And uh, obviously we'll talk again and I'll go ahead and put some more stuff on social media. But right now, whatever you want. Breezy's first. Josh, thank you very much for the invitation. Uh, guys, if you guys are not, please subscribe to this channel. Give them a listen. Give them a follow. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, uh, at AI Chico Suave, A-Y-E Chico Suave. Uh, and Instagram also, AI Chico underscore Suave. Um, Facebook, facebook.com slash book Chico Suave. Uh, as you mentioned, my Pro Wrestling Tees uh, store, uh, ProWrestlingTees.com slash CheekyBaby, C-H-E-E-C-K-Y, Baby. I, I hope I saw that right. It's my, own, it's my own store. I should know this. 
Um, yeah, uh, upcoming date, uh, May 19th, I believe. Uh, Freelance Wrestling is presenting over the top. Uh, I know they have that coming up. Uh, Berwyn Championship Wrestling also, I believe, May 21st. I could be wrong. Um, so there's a lot of shows coming up in Chicago, in the Chicago area. Just for anybody in in the Chicago area or wanting to get out of their state and come to Chicago, you're all welcome to come. Have a good time. I'm super approachable. Feel free to come up to me and be like, hey, man, like, I heard you on the show. Or, hey, man, like, I heard about you. Like, just want to shake your hand. I will shake your hand. I will take a picture. I will steal your wallet. I will do whatever you need. <laughs> whatever it takes. You're equal opportunity. I, yes. am a, I am an experienced, well, better experienced in person. Nice. This has been so much fun. And oh, getting to know people's stories is what wrestling is about. Yes, and everyone has a different story. Everyone has different roads that they go down to, which, which gets them to wrestling. And from what I've learned, wrestling really does in some ways, it, it brings out the best in people and it gives people hope. And for people who may be kind of young and trying to find their way and they stay focused with something like this and it gives them th that direction, I think that that's amazing. And I think your story definitely has inspired a lot of people. It's it's a story that I'm not going to forget anytime soon. Oh, and. So uh is there any chance by all that we could twist your arm to bring you back again and catch up with you again and hear some more stories and, and go down the roads of wrestling? You you do more than twist my arm. You can twist an arm, ear, and up at the same time. I'll come back anytime. As long as you open your doors for me, my mouth is open for you. And I tell you what, I might bring some bear meat with me. You know what I mean? Throw some hey, steaks on the grill. It is a date. It is a date. Nice. Guys, this has been so much fun. Chico Suave is our guest tonight. Please go ahead and follow all the links that he gave you. I'm going to post them all on social media Thank as you. well. And YouTube matches. Do me one big favor for everyone who's listening. If you love wrestling, if you really, really love it, go to a show, buy a shirt, buy, a, buy a, an 8x10. Support the incredible people who make us love wrestling because that's the most important thing right now love a wrestler put some money in their pocket right there boss gotta catch up right there uh folks when you guys are buying merch you guys are really supporting that wrestler you know um when you get when people buy a shirt from me that money goes to my gear that money goes to my boots that i'm trying to get new boots right and everything has meaning so whenever you guys buy something from me know that that money is going to something that means something to me and it's going to come out for you guys so for discovery my my gear my outfit now is called tribute tribute to him right so the boots so and if anybody has has a good name for the boots please please let me know because it's our boots you guys help me we're in this journey together i love it if i could close if i could close like that we're in a journey together and I want to, I want everyone to come with me. I love it. Okay. This has been a blast, my friend. Chico, thank you so very much for your time. And Love we will you. definitely chat with you down the road. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, guys. Like I said before at the top of the show, this is what makes wrestling so much fun. Getting to know people and getting to talk to people and, and finding out what inspires them. You know, we heard about earlier on in his life, he had to 
he had to go find himself and he did and he came back and the relationships with his his grandma and in making that first outfit to the end of the conversation where he won the championship and, and right in front of his father and it was so memorable and it was emotional and it's those things right there that you're not going to find anywhere else. These are the conversations that make wrestling so memorable. So when you go out to these shows and you heard somebody on a podcast, definitely walk up to them and tell them how much you appreciate them. And once again, buy a shirt, buy an 8x10. Because you know what? If you love wrestling, you love them, put a buck in their pocket. With that being said, I am Mike Freeland. It has been fun. It has been enjoyable. And we will catch you next time on Front Row Material. The world of NLW Radio never stops.